nub. He jumped the yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name's Jamie and I was hoping for Kenobi. And my name is Matt and I can't keep the vision out of my head. They're my friends. I've got to help them. Cool. Yeah. I actually, um, I chose the, the, the mall quote because I recently watched a, um, leaked audience reactions of uh, the Clone Wars the last season and where everybody just lost their mind when um, Maul came in and uh, said that quote. Plus you're watching that Star Wars spinoff show Better Call Maul. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maul. Maul good, man. Maul good. It's Maul good. <laughs> My favorite line of Maul's um, is right before he kills Qui-Gon, he yells, it's Maul in time. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, my quote was uh, Luke having his premonition about um, his friends getting tortured in Cloud City. Um, And I picked it because today's episode's a little bit about friends. So, Because you never know. Life was going to turn out this way. Your friends are on Bespin. You're broke. Undi- uh, we'll, we'll hire a you're song. Really na- <laughs> you're really nailing it. <laughs> we'll hire a songwriter. And by a songwriter, I mean we'll never visit this again. <laughs> yeah. I will not write a parody um, friends theme song. We should probably talk about what we're doing. We are recording so, a podcast. Correct. Um <laughs> Uh, we are recording a podcast about Star Wars cartoons. All right, so today we are recording an episode where we review Duel of the Droids, which is Season 1, Episode 7 of the Canon Clone Wars. It originally aired on November 14th, 2008. But before we do that, Jamie, did you do any Star Wars this week? Yeah, well, other than um, the... Well, actually, the map met last week, but all the, uh, the D23 stuff. Uh, I finished that uh, Tales of uh, Jedi and Sith uh, audiobook. Uh, yeah, yesterday I finished it. I um, can't say I was too thrilled with it. The, but I thought you were going to skip that one. I, I'm kind of running on, like, like out of audiobooks. Like, all the other, like, series I listened to that, like, um, I've gone through all all their uh, latest releases. So I have to wait until, um, until there's more releases. So I'm just kind of like scraping the bottom of the barrel. So I was like, Oh, you, you told me about the, what you told me sounded cool. So I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I thought that that one chapter was good. The rest of them were kind of like, well, there's a few of them that were interesting. Uh, one of them was pretty good. That was the Palpatine Yoda chapter. And then everything else is just kind of like, this is this is kind of like really like kids after school special sort of stuff where everybody learns to work together and freeze frame after everybody jumps in the air. I don't so know. Even even though you described it like that just now, I think my second favorite one was the Ventress one where she was in the maze and trying to find the Sith artifact and has to be helped out by the clone. Yeah. Um, for me, the second one is the, the mall one, or the one with the uh, rebel soldier and Luke Skywalker, which is more of a it's more kind of a comedic take where pretty much like Luke is a super annoying. And um, oh yeah, I did love that one. <laughs> the, the the soldier just can't. He's just like he he's just super annoyed by Luke, but he really likes his hair, um, and just Luke is kind of annoying. In it. Well, we've talked about it before about how like this nothing, this no one kid comes out of like they pluck him out of a planet and he has one good battle and all of a sudden he's like in charge of everything with no experience. Yeah, it's like yeah, this guy was like supposed to. Be, I can't remember his name, but he's like Republic uh, Special Forces, not Republic Special Forces. I'm sorry, um, Rebel Alliance Special Forces. So that means that he's been doing this for a long time. Plus, he's super tough to make it into the Special Forces. He's been around a while, and he's only like a sergeant. Well, Luke all of a sudden is now a commander. It's like, okay, well, I guess blowing up the Death Star and rescuing the princess gets you a lot of, uh, gets you jumped in rank super high. I mean, Han Solo, he just, he was a 
quote unquote captain because he owned a ship. So he became a captain. That'd be pretty cool to actually just be like, come in to the Rebel Alliance to just a junker. I'm captain so-and-so of my shitty ship. And that's my rank now. But um, the one... That's some so Sorry, that's some Civil War um, level of promotion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just uh, I left West Point, and I'm going to be in the Confederacy now. I'm a general. Precisely. <laughs> there, There is one... What's your entry rank, Colonel? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the very first... I, I, I was saving this from like our conversations that we have about stuff to recording is like the, the very first, I won't keep, you know, it, the book's been out a while. Um, the, uh, the very first episode is set in the, uh, in the high Republic. And it's basically just like some, like, like orphan from the lower levels of uh, Coruscant, like level 13, 12, which I thought was kind of clever. Um, so one below thirteen, thirteen, he thinks he he wants to be a Jedi, and he tries everything he can to like kind of like fake it. Um, and it, I thought it was all right until the end. Then uh, like y- um, Yoda comes and tells him like, "Oh yeah, you can be a Jedi. There there are all kinds of Jedi. Like he, he can be a let's say quote unquote guardian. It's because so." We, you and I had talked about like, okay, so you got the Jedi Temple and you got the Jedi Temples across the galaxy, and there's got to be, there's got to be people other than just Jedi working there, right? I mean, um, you can only make like younglings and Padawans clean stuff so much. There has to be other people who they'll do the cleaning, the laundry, the cooking. Um, I mean, I'm certain they have droids for that, but like security, other than like. Um, other than like the temple guards who does like the maintenance for stuff like and like and then like where's this money come from right so just the whole gist of that whole thing just makes me think like yoda's like yeah you can be a jedi like here's a mop you can call yourself a jedi if you want it just seemed very kind of like oh so you get to be a, a jedi but not really a jedi if you can hear my my air quotes yeah i mean i I'm with you on that story for sure. It seems it seemed to be a really fun, uplifting story, but at the very end, it's like it's like, well, you get to weed the garden. Yeah. <laughs> when do I get my lightsaber? Well, here, here's practice with these pruning shears. Right. Um, I did. I did like that they were stories that were canonically in order in universe. Mm-hmm. And so it started with like the High Republic and ended with a, a really silly story about Ray and Poe yeah. not fucking. That was a that was a bad note to end on. I, I'm sorry. I that was like that was like some Lego Star Wars level sort of stuff. That's just like fun, but it's just like and it was the last one, so it's kind of like it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because like that mall one was super cool, and the Palpatine one, Palpatine and Yoda one was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with the Ray one. Like that was not when when it ended. I was like, oh yeah, sure they're going in order, so that has to end that way. But it was incredibly weak. Yeah, I thought that they might have one with uh, Kylo Ren, but mm. oh, that would have been nice, right? Yeah. Him describing him in like the depths of Jedi hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there anything else you did this week for Star Wars? Uh, no, 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 not at all. Unfortunately, you. Yeah, so I'm I'm likewise low on audiobooks. I finished the short stories. I don't know if I've mentioned it before or not. But what I've been doing lately is listening to the audiobook for Into the Void, which is a Legends book um, that takes place um, in the Legends continuity ten thousand years after the Thoyor arrival which is the ships that took all of the Force-sensitive people to Tython. So it's 20,000 years before A New Hope. And the Jedi and the Sith are still a single entity, and the Force users aren't called Jedi, they're called Jedi, which is basically an alternative spelling of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use light side powers and dark side powers, and people revere and fear them and they they don't have faster than light travel i don't really know the technology level 
but I'm about two thirds of the way through the book. And basically the plot, this book has been out for 20 something years. So spoiler alert, I guess. But the basic plot is this Jedi Ranger. She is hunting her brother who is supposed to be, sorry, the Jedi Ranger is hunting her brother who is supposed to also grow up and be a Jedi. Um, but he rejected it, rejected the force, and he wants to reactivate some ancient alien technology to achieve faster than light travel so they can leave the system. Because they're basically, this the system that they were all brought to has multiple inhabitable inha- worlds and moons. And they've been trapped here for thousands of years, for more than 10,000 years, and they've basically been at war with each other and fighting and there's force sensitive people not force sensitive people but there's millions of people um spread out across all these planets uh it's pretty fascinating it's a it's a it's really interesting i guess i guess now legends understanding about like how the force worked and like how like some of these cultural things that we see in the future how they establish them how they establish them in this really deep timeline um, I'm really, I really want to read more legend stuff. Basically, just not like the super. I probably won't get the courtship of Princess Leia anytime <laughs> soon. But this deep history, like history of the Sith stuff. Yeah, that that stuff I find um, I find fascinating because you can it's far enough back where like you're not you're not going to be taking taken out of it because like oh this conflicts with this so this conflicts with that. It's so far back that you know. Good. Sorry. I was just saying it's so far back that you don't have to. You can kind of keep it as like permanent headcanon until something is done. But precisely, precisely. That's exactly what I'm treating it as. Like, like this is a cool story and it doesn't conflict with anything because it happens twenty thousand years before any of the characters I actually care about. And so it's like someone told me if someone told me like some cool story about Nebuchadnezzar or something, I'd be like. That's neat. Mm-hmm. What do you need from the grocery store? <laughs> right. It's 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 trivia in in a way, but there's some really cool stuff in this book. Like they don't have lightsabers. Like she carries a sword, like a like a metallic sword, and uh, and they interview a criminal because they're looking for her brother, and he, they think he knows where she, he is. So they interview him, and then her guide, who's also a criminal in this world says like you need to kill him now because because he can make he can call anybody on this planet and expose us and you just told him like exactly who you're looking for why you're looking for him right you told him too much information you gotta kill him and she's like um yeah we're not really allowed to kill unless we have a reason like unless we're defending ourselves or somebody else and so she uses the force to get tiny particles of sand and she sends them through the pores in his skin to give him brain damage in a very specific way to where he can't remember anything for days. Like he's basically, she gives him a stroke <laughs> using the force and these like sand particles. It freaks the guy, her guide, who's like a twilight, a twilight um, criminal. It freaks him the fuck out. Um, when she does it, she's like, I'll just erase his memory. And then, she like stands over him and he like has a seizure and she's like, all right, he won't remember anything for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to see, like, for me, it's fun to see the hero, like do questionable things and sometimes be conflicted about it. And sometimes not. Cause you can see, and like, she gets, she talks about being like pulled to the dark side, like going too far to the dark and then having to pull herself back and how people get lost in the dark and all this other stuff. And, it's pretty cool. I do recommend it. It's I've had some people have told me that it's not it's too different to be good, like they too different for them to enjoy it because um, it is very different. Um, but I really I'm really enjoying it. I'll probably finish it tomorrow um, and then move on to whatever Wedge can, uh, Legends novel is now in my queue. Um, we're getting close to High Republic though. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that happening again, and we're a few few days out from Andor being dropped. Right. And oh man, I'm I'm having a tough time at work just with some stuff just kicking my butt, 
um, and just uh, hernia um, pains coming back because the surgeon did not so great job on me. So it's just like I've got these things that are just kind of make me down in the dumps. But just knowing that Andor is coming out, it's just been that kind of that bright that that light at the end of the tunnel for me. Like not saying my life will be complete when Andor is released, but it uh, it'll make it a little bit more fulfilling. Nothing is nothing is greater than the feeling of anticipation. Yeah. Before you get a shit ton more Star Wars. Yeah. Right. There's just something in our brain where they they like meter it out at like 90 second clips, and then you go and you're just like, we're getting three episodes. I know this is going to be posted probably a month after mm-hmm. the the debut because we've got so many in the back in the backlog that needs to be edited. But we're getting three episodes. Out of the initial 12 on Wednesday, Sunday night tonight, we're recording Sunday. Yeah, that has been, um, that is three, day, three days, three yeah. days. I'm thinking about taking a day off of work. Yeah, I'm taking like a, uh, my family's coming into town the next week, so I'm like taking like a week and a half, so I can't really do that, but I'll probably just get up extra early. I've got so well, much sh- fucking leave. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Oh shoot! There's three. There's three episodes though. There's no way in heck I'm gonna be able to swing that. Plus, it's my long run day, so I, I'll I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, um, I, we don't know how long those episodes are. They could be like 20 minutes or 30 minutes long. You could get an hour to an hour and a half of new content that day. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, just everything. I'm, I've been trying to stay away from like any kind of spoilers, but like so far, the initial things that I've kind of like scan through just saying that it's really different. They took a lot of risks and it's pretty good. I can even like, so like uh, Pablo Hidalgo said, like he tried not to, he doesn't like to look, but he actually looked at what, what the initial reactions were and it was positive. So, um, so they sent, so they sent, I've also likewise not read anything other than Twitter speculation. And I haven't done much of that. I just haven't had time. But they sent four episodes to the press for the screener, and so there are a couple of rumors out there that I won't tell you ahead of it that I've just seen like headline level, and uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I think these, I'm very excited for this. I, I'm, I'm, it couldn't be more, more keyed up right now. Yeah, just it just seems like it. This is just like we talked about this before. I'm sorry, uh, subscribers, we'll get to the episode, but it's just that. Uh, it comes out just um, just to the right time. Like the original Star Wars was kind of like a kind of an uh, an answer to the Vietnam War. The prequels were really like the the War on Terror and the Bush era. And so like Andor just seems perfect for like we're in the era of like post truth, um, just like far right fascist uh, ideologies are on the rise everywhere. And so it's like you don't – sometimes you don't know who to trust anymore because uh, our society is so divided. So just seeing this being put into a format that, that I love, it's just it just gets me really excited. You know, it just gives me goosebumps. Yeah, it's a society at its, at its alleged peak falling due to propaganda manipulation and fascism. Mm-hmm. And you see – you see like the opulence when – when Mon Mothma is talking with the other senators, with the Art Deco designs, it's it's just so in, invocative of that 1920s, 1930s time period where everybody thought they were kings, mm-hmm. and then they all ended up dead. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously, this by the time this is out, we'll be arguing on Twitter about the color of Vespas and and whether or not a mermaid can be black and. Um, <laughs> and what the hell is with the lightsaber uh, starship? Spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad that people are already angry about that, something and they haven't even seen a, a five minutes of um, of tape. Have you seen the the scene? Have you seen the scene? Have you seen the teaser release where they they show like the shootout in the mechanic hall or whatever? No, no, I don't think so. It, it's on Disney. You can watch it. It's it's like two minutes or five minutes of the show. Um, it's it's an elaboration on the scene where he, where um, his mentor is trying to get him to tell him how he got the piece 
and offering him the money. They show like that whole scene. It was part of the IMAX thing. All I can see is the uh, special, the special look. Yeah, that's it. It's it's in there. Yeah, if you watch, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Just yeah, I'm sure. If you watch that, it shows it's a few minutes. It's not it's not a lot. I mean, you can easily skip it too. Yeah. So this thing is yeah nine minute. Yeah. So the nine minute documentary thing, it has some interviews um, with with the cast and the director, and then it's got a couple minute scene. That scene all the way played through. Oh wow! I, I just kind of I just kind of flash forward. Shit. All right, I'll watch it after we're done. Okay. I recommend it because it is it is official promotional material, and they released it with the IMAX stuff. Okay. Yeah. But, oh, man, I can't wait. I cannot wait. All right. Do you want to move on to the review? Yeah. Should I Let's... check how long we've been recording at this point? <laughs> 30 minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that might get edited down, but... Eh. <laughs> Yeah, you get what you pay for, and you pay for nothing. (laughs) All right, so let's get into the episode. Like I said before, we're doing Duel of the Droids. This is the conclusion of this Goldie um, missing R2 unit, um, missing R2-D2 arc. So there's two-episode arc, Downfall of a Droid, and um, Duel of the Droids. The original air date was November 14th, 2008. We're not going to do any cast stuff this week because the cast is the regular players. Um, we can do deep dives, deep dives on them later. Um, the Jedi fortune cookie in the front is you hold on to friends by keeping your heart a little softer than your head. Um, this is very much, this very much sounds like a fortune cookie to me. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about whether or not that is, what that means and... Um, whether or not we think it's applicable. So here's the plot. R2 is lost in a battle. Um, Anakin gets a replacement droid, Goldie. Um, and R2 was picked up by a smuggler or a droid salvager and is being delivered to General Grievous. The show opens up on the Trandoshan smuggler, John Noct, um, telling Grievous he's ready to deliver the droid and wants to be paid in cash. Um, we did this last time uh, when we did the previous episode, but John Oct is a guest star, and it is Ron Perlman. Yeah, I th- yeah I saw saw that you did reach out to him on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's worth a shot. You, I got to shoot my shot. <laughs> well, you, you should just do something like you're you're doing a deep dive into the Spanish Inquisition and want to talk about the name of the rose, and then just just talk about it for a couple minutes and then go straight into this <laughs> this episode so anyways if enough he's... about that so tell me about what it was like being in star wars yeah let's talk about your voiceover part all right so anakin is currently searching for the enemy outpost a listing station that's um, decoding republic transmissions on Ganok's ship, uh, R2-D2 is trying to escape by cutting through an access panel. He gets the panel off and starts sending a transmission, a distress call. Ahsoka receives the transmission, and she asks Goldie to boost the signal, and Goldie instead scrambles the signal, but Anakin recovers it. <sighs> Goldie. Yeah, Goldie. She, she this, this droid has problems. Is <laughs> apparently not very good at its job. I wonder what's happening. Mm. Um... Yeah, Ganoct finds R2 and shocks him. Anakin is sure that R2 is the one sending the message. Ahsoka tells him they're supposed to be looking for the hidden base, and Anakin does this wonderful, my orders weren't specific enough sort of maneuver, where he says maybe R2 is at the hidden base, and they jump into hyperspace toward the origin of that signal. Well, he just, he has a lot of... uh... R2 has a lot of uh, dick pics of him that he, that was supposed to get forwarded to Padme, but he didn't. He said originally it was like all the public strategy stuff, but it's actually he's got some really embarrassing photos on R2 that need to get that he needs to get a hold of before they fall into the wrong hands. That's why he's so quick to uh, kind of disregard orders to to uh, find the thing that he lost. Yeah, Obi-Wan is standing there and saying, like, what do you mean you didn't blast your cash? <laughs> you always blast your cash. 
Whenever you get up from your computer, you delete the cache folder. <laughs> you gotta blast that cache. <laughs> Rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. Do Do they have? Well, I was gonna. Do they? Would they have a pact where, like, like if one of them dies in battle, the other one uh, destroys the. the uh... <laughs> Delete certain internet history <laughs> off of their astromech droid, but I guess since he's constantly going through Obi Wan's constantly going through droids, that it's not not that big of a deal with Obi Wan, but R two, it's like oh boy. <laughs> All right, um, Ganoct uh, arrives at the base and asks permission to board. He arrives with R2 and meets with Grievous. Grievous orders the R2 dismantled to get his secrets. Um, so I'm going to do this thing during the plot summary. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, too. But this episode was actually part of a, of a sub-series within Clone Wars called Clone Wars Decoded. And it was basically a pop-up video you remember VH1 mm-hmm. um, version where they would play the episode and R2 and C3PO would narrate um, parts of the episode with with basically voice balloons from like a comic book, speech bubbles, giving additional facts about the episode. They did this with about a dozen episodes and we've already done some of them and I only remembered this recently and so we're going to do the rest of them. That they did. Um, this is this remind, reminds me. Did you were you were because I'm not sure if this is a WGN thing. Did did you get WGN where you grew up? Yeah, I, I've seen yes. Because like the I, I'm pretty sure like there was a showing Transformers the movie, and during the cutscenes they would have a boy talking to a live action Optimus Prime, and that just reminds me so much of that. Um, and they also did. It sounds vaguely familiar. And I think it was WGN, maybe. I, but it also reminds me, like there was a because um, they used to do specials right before one of the movies come out, like the uh, the prequels at least. And there was like one that was narrated by C three PO and R two D two about Episode two. Right. This is the same idea. They did it for. Let's see how many episodes they did it for. Um, they did eleven. At least 11. They did 11 in season one. And the reason why they stopped there, just like, fuck it. Like, nobody cares. I can say, I, I just think it, it was a syndication thing. Like, they, they were trying to stretch these out a little bit more, and they added these speech bubbles. But the reason why I brought it up, because if you see in the notes, I've put the speech bubbles, I've highlighted them as comments, at least the ones that I thought were additional information. Because some of them are just like, R2, how did you get out of this? <laughs> Right. Like they're watching the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the pl- the planet or the planet that they're pulling up to is actually the second moon of the planet um, Ruan. And uh, Ruan is apparently a big planet that comes up in a lot of the uh, sorry, Rusan. R-U-U-S-A-N. And apparently comes up a lot in the Night of the Old Republic games. Um, and it's the moon, it's one of the moons of Rusan, and there are three moons of the Rusan, and those moons are called the Three Sisters. So, that's just some oh. geographic trivia? Yeah, no, that's cool. That's, uh, I'm just thinking now, but, I don't know, I, sorry, sorry, please continue. The other, the other one that's the other pop-up thing from Clone Wars Decoded that is relevant is that apparently the markings on Gonnock's jumpsuit jump indicate that he is a level 5 droid technician. Um, there is not a lot of information on how many levels of droid technician there are. Um, at least five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just gonna, there's just going to be a couple more of these, and I'm just going to say Clone Wars Decoded. And then the next episode also got this treatment. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. All right, so Rex and Anakin also arrive at the base following R2's signal, um, and they're picking up a lot of scrambled chatter. Anakin tells Goldie to contact Obi-Wan on an encrypted channel. He says encrypted channel. I thought this would pay off. It does not. Obi-Wan tells Anakin to wait until he learns R2 is on the base. Then Obi-Wan sort of flips um, 
Obi-Wan tells Anakin to prevent the Separatists from getting R2's secrets, and they decide to raid the base. So basically, Obi-Wan wants him to wait for reinforcements like he always does, and then he realizes that the stakes are high, and so yeah. they have to go in by themselves. This is my one of my favorite scenes so far. They plan to jump, um, like skydive, onto the base. The base is sort of in this atmosphere, and it sort of it sort of has gas giant vibes to it. Mm-hmm. But apparently, the atmosphere is not toxic, um, and the pressures aren't terrible. And so Rex is assigned to jump with Goldie strapped to him. Oh, hey, he's got he's got him in like a baby Bjorn, right? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. And according to the pop-up video, uh, the astromech weighs uh, about was it say seventy pounds or something, which is less than I thought. But so you would so seventy pound droid, yeah. You would think that like I guess not every astromech has uh, boosters on them. Yeah, I I don't get it. Right? Maybe maybe he's just not. Maybe they don't trust him to land. Or something, or maybe it's just valuable enough. But I did, I did find it entertaining that he was sort of strapped into a baby Bjorn, and he had to jump down that way. I don't know. Um, so they hold their breath on the way down. You see Anakin and Ahsoka holding their breath, um, and they land on the base. Everyone arrives safe. Anakin and Ahsoka just use the Force to stop, and everyone else uses sort of jetpacks to stop slow their descent. Anakin cuts a hole in the outer shell, and they enter the base. Um, we get some good battle droid comedy, where some battle droids are bantering, and they're going back and forth, and one says, you should go down and get your head adjusted. And then his head gets knocked off, right? Yeah. It's not the, not the adjustment he was looking for. <laughs> um, Hilarious. But um, uh, Goldie is told to display a map, Anakin tells Ahsoka to arm the base for destruction while he takes a look around, and he once again shirks his duties to go look for his friend. Yeah. So now, now this is actually relevant to the plot. Um, Ahsoka is in charge. All right, so Gonact, back in his sort of droid destruction, R2's been disassembled. You see a lot of, like, his chassis open, and there's, like, pieces, like, strewn about. Um, Garnacht discovers that R2 has never been erased, and he insists that Grievous pay him extra for the additional information. So Grievous kills him. <laughs> um, no negotiations. Yeah. So uh, R2 um, being disassembled has to look pretty familiar to you since you have a halfway assembled R2-D2. Maybe it's more than halfway. No, I'm probably I'm probably a little bit less than halfway. Right now, he's actually sitting right next to me because I am in the new Yubcast Studios, which is the basement of my house. And I've put all of the Star Wars stuff, all of the kids' Star Wars toys, all of my Star Wars toys, all of R2 stuff, all of the Star Wars books. And they're just in piles around me right now because I have not built the bookshelf for them yet, for all of my stuff yet. Um, and so, yes, R2's right here. For that? <laughs> yeah. It's me knocking on his dome. <clears throat> so the the funny thing is, is that when it shows like his skeletal structure, um, that actually does look like the skeletal structure I have for him. It's very close, and it's that's fun to see. But but like the like the spinal column stuff isn't how the the props are assembled. But I do I do really love this scene. I like seeing it torn apart. I think body horror in general is a is a big theme in Star Wars. Um, people having traumatic amputations and half cyborg, half person, um, invader, and in Grievous. And then seeing this beloved childhood character um, being dissected mm-hmm. on a table is right in line with that. But you can do it because it's a droid. He's can be taken apart and put back together. You just, you just never see it happen. So I really, really like this. So they're separated now. So Anakin goes off and Ahsoka's in charge. And she's with the clones and Goldie. They start going to arm the base for destruction. Goldie is falling back. Um, and when she, or when he, as I keep saying she, Goldie is a male type droid, apparently. <laughs> um, I looked it up. Um, his pronouns are he, him. Uh, falls back and... He contacts Grievous, telling him that the clones and the Jedi have infiltrated the base. Grievous tells him to slow them down, 
then Grievous goes out to fight the Jedi himself. Now, he doesn't know which Jedi are there. He just says he's going to go fight the Jedi. While Anakin is searching the base for R2, Ahsoka and the clones are on their way to set the charges. They are stopped by a ray-shielded door. Ahsoka asks Goldie to work on it. Rex is getting frustrated with Goldie because he's incompetent. Um, and, and this door does not redeem Goldie in the eyes of anybody. He takes forever opening mm-hmm. this door. And soon they're completely surrounded and taking fire on all sides from droids. And then the clone suggests that they should hotwire the door. I love this suggestion yeah. because it is a quote to return. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. So they're getting surrounded and Rex uses droid poppers to inactivate them and buys them some more time. So this is I want to ask you a question here. How do you think a droid popper works? Um, probably the same, like some sort of like uh, electromagnetic pulse. Um, the same way um, that the um, like the ion torpedoes work. Uh, I think the ion torpedoes that like um, that like you see uh, the Y wings use in Rogue One that completely disable the uh, Star Destroyer. That just some sort of EMP device that just wrecks their circuitry. Yeah, so I've always been curious why they don't just use EMPs all the time when fighting like an army of droids. And so I've looked I looked into how the droid poppers work because I've been very curious if they're EMPs and they're not. They're just they're just um, I guess maybe they maybe technically they are EMPs, but they're not magnetic induction. They're just they just overload them, and so they just send an electrical pulse through them and basically short circuit them out oh, i just think like like it's like tells it to do uh to do uh while true do this and so it just sends them into an infinite loop um yeah, yeah so they're all sitting there like shuffling cards <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i always wondered like why you're in a war with droids and you've got these things that just automatically dis- pretty much disable them. Why not use them all the time? Yeah. Um, it's one of those devices. Um, a lot of um, uh, a, a lot of stories use like you can't you can't use the these the kind of the silver bullet all the time, or else you probably wouldn't have much of a story. Right, it's Blade. It's Blade walking through the sewers filled with the mutant vampires, and not using his like solar flood lamp the entire time, mm-hmm. which would make him make him invincible. Yeah, it's it's the uh, the Seinfeld uh, joke about why don't they make the whole plane out of the material they make the black box out of? Yeah. Um, so Grievous during the fighting, Grievous orders R two move to his shuttle. His guards comply as like magna guards or whatever. Grievous engages the clones and Ahsoka. Ahsoka saves Rex, and the lightsaber battle ensues. Ahsoka flees. Grievous warns everyone, everyone on the station that there's a second Jedi loose somewhere and to keep a lookout. This is an important plot point. In Revenge of the Sith, Anakin confronts Grievous on the Invisible Hand, where um, Palpatine is being held hostage, and he says, You're a lot shorter than I imagined implying that they've never seen each other before. Mm-hmm. And so all of the Clone Wars episodes where Grievous is in, Anakin has to be given an errand to keep him apart. <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, and, and this has happened in an episode yeah. already. Like, oh, wouldn't you know it? i got to tie my shoes. Come on exactly. without me, guys. Like, there's there's an episode we reviewed where they're one of the Malevolence episodes where yeah. Anakin gets on an elevator. Yeah, the elevator and he has closes. diarrhea, and then he can't battle Grievous. Exactly. He he, get, he went to that taco truck. <laughs> no, he gets on an elevator, and the elevator door closes right when another elevator door opens and Grievous walks out. And so people who complain about continuity in Star Wars, they never encounter each other in Clone Wars. All right. Um, Anakin, so Grievous tells everyone to be on the lookout for a second Jedi. Anakin catches up with R2 being loaded onto the shuttle. He engages with the droid escorts. These are those droids that are trained to fight Jedi. Um, Ahsoka is hiding from Grievous in some sort of inventory room. This is actually a droid spare part room, according to um, the pop-up video. 
Rex asks if they should abort, but Ahsoka tells Rex to destroy the base. She will keep Grievous occupied. Ahsoka sees Goldie and calls to her, and Goldie immediately gives away Ahsoka's position. Um, Anakin fights the Magna Guards. R2 is repairing himself because R2 is partially disassembled at this point. Anakin defeats the guards, and R2 stuns the last one. Isn't that against like one of like the laws of robotics? The, what the, the reassemble yourself? Yeah, being able to yeah. Right. Um, I don't remember. So the laws of robotics are um, never never bring harm to a human. Never harm yourself unless you're saving a human. Um, what are the others? The robot must protect its own existence as long as it doesn't conflict with the first and second one. And then this one says that there's a zero, zeroth law. See, the robot must har- not harm humanity. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, okay, so I was wrong. But I, uh, maybe I'm just thinking about how, like, um, in episode two, um, bringing up a lot of episode two, this uh, recording, is that... Um, like uh, C-3PO calls it perverse that robots that droids are building droids. Yeah, that's that that is a weird line of his. How does he think droids come from? <laughs> maybe maybe his parents never had the talk with him. His parents are Anakin and Padme, so yeah. they probably never did. Yeah, the, he's their first kid. Yeah, the droid stork is in and drops it off. The woman in the traveling carnival hands you paternity papers. Um, and that's where the baby comes from. <laughs> so Anakin is fighting the man- Magna Guards. Um, R2 stuns the last one. Anakin tells everybody over the comm that he's headed back to the landing bay with R2. And he calls the Twilight to come pick them up. That's another episode with the Twilight. R3 reports to Grievous. Ahsoka, Ahsoka sees him do this. Grievous tells Goldie to stop everyone from escaping. The Twilight shows up. This confirms what everyone, I'm sure, knows is that he's a traitor. Yeah. We already, we already knew that. It was pretty obvious from the <laughs> the, the first episode. It was like, uh, this is kind of some Scooby-Doo level, kind of like, yeah, we figured that out a while ago. But, okay. So, uh, the Twilight shows up, but only Anakin is there. Goldie shows up. Rex shows up and says Ahsoka is fighting Grievous. This upsets Anakin. They go to rescue her, but Goldie seals them in the hangar and activates the vulture droids. Rex now joins the I have a bad feeling about this club, (laughs) which is wonderful. They need to do this more. Anakin realizes the droid is a spy, a double agent, and the fight ensues, and they're trapped in the hangar. Ahsoka is grabbed by Grievous. He picks up her lightsaber, tells her the whole plot of the show so far. Uh, Ahsoka tells him the part of the show that hasn't happened, that the station will explode soon. Um, So they're just catching up on Star Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. In the hangar, Anakin tells Rex to detonate the explosives, explosives, even though they're still aboard the station and they don't know where Ahsoka is. Um, Rex complies, and the explosives cause the station to rock, and Grievous drops Ahsoka. She gets out through a vent and recovers her lightsaber. Yeah, this was, was holding. This is a cool Go little ahead. thing where she just like, like every now and then you see like the Jedi do something like they have the jet like the the uh creators have the jedi do something so like insanely graceful like she like it's just like a ventilation chap she just like just she just zips right in just like um like it's basically a little bit bigger than her and she's just like right in did you see did you see the maneuver i thought you're gonna talk about the maneuver she did to escape grievous because grievous is holding her lightsaber and holding her did you see the movement she did uh, I can't remember. I didn't. So she pushes the lightsaber toward Grievous, and it cuts off his hand. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that his hand got cut off. I didn't remember how. Yeah. All right. So now R2 is R2 is ordered to go to the outer platforms to try to open the hangar doors. Grievous runs now to get in his shuttle and escape. The station is falling out of the sky toward the gas giant. Um, Goldie goes out to fight R2 on the gantry. Um, Ahsoka shows up to fight in the hangar. The astromechs are fighting outside. Ahsoka and Anakin catch catch each other up on their various subplots, and they're being overrun again. And so Rex points out to Anakin that there is a fuel cell, and so Anakin uses the Force to fling the fuel cell 
toward the droids and they blow it up, um, being as destructive as possible. R2 does get the hangar door open right when Goldie attacks R2, um, and so the Twilight leaves, leaving R2 behind. Um, we have a droid-on-droid fight here. R2 sprays Goldie with oil, and they're fighting on the gantry, and Anakin goes into the Twilight's hangar to get in his fighter. Um, this really gives us a scale of the Twilight for, I think, the first time. Um, we've seen people get on and off the Twilight. We've seen the cockpit of the Twilight a lot. We've seen it flying in relation to other ships, but this really settles in how big it is. It's big enough for a Jedi starfighter to be inside of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like it because it's so just like it's so ugly uh, and just like utilitarian, very much like the uh, the ship that. Uh, Later in the series, uh, Maul and um, Savage Press have that is just like yes, I love that ship. It's just like it's like something from like like the um, the Alien universe where it's just like it's not designed to look pretty. It's designed to do a job, and its job is just to be a big space truck. Exactly, that's exactly it's a perfect way to put it. It is a truck. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's. We're almost done with the plot here. Um, R2 sprays Goldie with oil, and Anakin goes back with his fighter. Goldie starts to fall over the edge and grabs R2 with a cable. R2 cuts the cable, and Goldie dies. Goldie is basically hit with debris. At this point, the, the station is falling out of the sky. I don't know if I mentioned the name of the station. It's Sky Top Station. Um, it's falling out of the sky, and there's just debris everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anakin shows up in the nick of time and flies away with R2 as the station explodes. Um, Obi-Wan is debriefed and Anakin tells him the truth for some reason. <laughs> all the all the dumb shit he did. Anakin tries or Ahsoka takes Obi-Wan's side and says that he risked the mission unnecessarily for a droid and Anakin says R2 isn't a droid, he's a friend. The end. Yeah. A friend with a lot of dick pics and his search history. You know, you have your friends that are you have your friends that you make small talk with and invite over for the Memorial Day barbecue and in your ultimate frisbee league, and then you have the friends that have buried a dead body in the desert with you. Yeah. So <laughs> R two is the latter. Yeah. He's got all the 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 search history of like hot Wookiee girls want to talk to you. Everybody knows those are pop ups. <laughs> <laughs> They're just in the history because because you get stuck in a a tornado sometimes with with pop ups. I um, my son and I've been watching uh, Rick and Morty, and we're uh, we watched the one where um, Rick uh, supposedly fucks a planet, um, and I didn't I I didn't see the uh, the end scene. I'd never seen the end scene before. Somehow I had always missed it. But like Rick is on like uh, like a site. Of like like talking to like to like trashy hot planets that that are that in your area that are down for for whatever. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I f***ed a planet. All right, so before we get into sort of trivia and production, um, why don't you give me your initial impressions? Did you like it? Um, yeah, it was fine. It, it's not not one I choose. It's not it's not one that's going to be on the rewatch list or at least not very high up because it doesn't it doesn't really move the whole plot forward it just um then there's nothing that's really less like ooh cool about it that like you think you could just kind of watch that scene over and over again um other than like kind of like some of the like the ahsoka maneuvers we talked about before it was pretty obvious goldie was some sort of plant from the beginning um nothing Nothing super wild and crazy, but it's not not terrible. Um, I mean, how about you? What do you think? Um, yeah, it was good. It was good to find a good. I think. Um, I think the acting is good. I like the continuity with Grievous stuff. I like that you learn a lot more about R two here, and you see like the dissection. I think it's. I think it's a solid episode. But you're right. It, it's not. It doesn't really connect back to the greater plot. 
and when people when these were coming out, people knew they weren't coming out in order. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really nothing in this episode to tell you where it falls um, in relation to the other episodes you've seen so far. And so it's sort of, in that sense, it's sort of like a bottle episode. The, these two episodes sort of just go together. And you can drop them in almost anywhere. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of trivia things about the episode, if you want to talk about those. Yes, let's. Uh, so there was a lot of, so Dave Filoni's discussion about this episode centered mostly around the duel in between Ahsoka and Grievous where he wanted it clear that Ahsoka could not win in a fight. Like, she wasn't going to defeat Grievous. She was going to survive. And he thought it was great that... He thought it was great to, like, give her the the victory of wounding him in sort of a meaningless way to him and escaping, but not never letting her have the upper hand in that battle. And that Grievous was toying with her and doing the supervillain thing about twisting his mustache while telling... <laughs> exactly what the plot was Mm -hmm. and what his plan was and this was and i think this is very effective in this episode i think it's super smart i really like the direction they went with this i think it's great it really shows his overconfidence and it shows how um adaptive she is like you said graceful diving into that vent well, you, you bring it up, but we've got that uh, Tales of the Jedi coming up, and one of them is focused on Ahsoka, and it, I'm thinking maybe parts of it are part of the Ahsoka novel, um, because there shows an Inquisitor we've never seen before. That could very well be, um, I think, the Sixth Brother. I always assumed yeah, there was sixth an, brother. I, I'd always assumed it was um, an, another Inquisitor, but could it very well be they could kind of like flip things around and that that's the sixth brother um because um but just and, and you just see a little bit of like her training or um or like anakin is this like super rough in the training where it just has like the clones constantly shooting at her um and just and just seeing her uh, evolve as a character to where i guess to where you get to where she is like i mean like where um the episode that she's in in the season two of the Mandalorian, she's pretty tough, but she's not really fighting anybody that's difficult. But like, she's at like her best when she's fighting Vader, um, or um, Maul, or like the the two Inquisitors in Rebels. Right. Like she she manhandles the Inquisitors. The only reason that she flees is because all the they called in for reinforcements. She, they were absolutely no match for her. Yeah, I mean that. That's so we're all we're also getting an Ahsoka series in 2023, mm-hmm. and so we are gonna get a lot more Ahsoka content. Um, but I, I I love this little continuity piece with her. Mm-hmm. All right, so more trivia: the Gonox ship is called the Vulture's Claw, and the seats in the Vulture's Claw are the same sh- seats that are in the Millennium Falcon. It's just a Easter egg. Right on. Um, so there's there's a slight continuity error uh, here because Anakin fights the Magna Guards in the episode where, where they're taking R2 to the shuttle. Um, and in the novelization of Revenge of the Sith, he apparently has never met them or he doesn't isn't aware what they are. Yeah, that was pre that was pre Disney takeover. So as great as that book is, I don't know if we can really count it. Uh, it's still it, okay. I get what you're saying. Um, Matthew Stover's novelization of *Revenge of the Sith* is amazing. Go read it if you haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Please, listener, do yourself a favor. It fixes that movie in a huge, huge way. There's also some cool, not cool, but like interesting production trivia. Um, when Ahsoka says, "Quote looks like it's up to us to complete the mission as usual," they walk off. The scene, they walk off, and the scene fades out to the commercial break. But in the DVD release of season one, that is cut. Um, it is cut out of the DVD, and it goes right to the scene where Garnoct is ripping apart R2-D2. In the Disney Plus version, that line is back. Wow. It's amazing how many different versions there are of things, and like how like through syndication or the DVD releases, they will be... Um... Like like extra scenes will be like added and other things will be removed. 
I think about like like um like way back when like seeing aliens as aliens and like and they had like the scene with the like the uh, the sentry guns that was not in the theatrical release but for whatever reason they put it in to this TV release and probably they cut some other stuff that for time but it's weird that they it's weird that they do that um they cut things like that so there's just various different scenes that are like missing in certain versions of uh shows or movies yeah i mean we grew up in the time of syndicated simpsons and each one of those episodes was shortened by 30 seconds Oh yeah, like there's so many like jokes that like I would like because but before um, you could get stream The Simpsons, I had like up to season, or I still have up to like season six or seven on DVD, and just like watching them and be like, I don't remember that gag, because when we'd watch it, it was just like at night or like during the day when they'd show be showing reruns, and so they would cut out like a, whatever little gag. Yeah, whatever they could get away with, you mm-hmm. know. Just to save, just to save a little time and get an extra commercial or two in. Um, there's another continuity error um, here. Uh, when Grievous flees and gets in his ship, he has both of his hands, and Ahsoka cut it off. Well, he could have seen. He could have had an extra hand in the ship. Sure, except that there's a reason why he has an extra hand. Um, and it's because it's the same animation of him flying away that was used in um, Destroy Malevolence. But it's but they use the mirror image, so it looks different. You're right. That that does look a lot familiar. Watching it is like, I mean, it seemed like I'd seen it before, or is, but I just wrote it off as like, oh well, it's just he's just fleeing as he always does. But because uh, that's what bad guys do. But wow, that's crazy. I mean, it ma- it makes total sense, but we talked about how much it costs them to do this in a previous episode. They're spending fifty thousand dollars a minute. If you can shave ten seconds off of that, that's a lot of fucking money. And so, yeah, there's continuity errors because they're reusing animation, especially in season one, before they did before they knew it was going to be successful and they were going to get that money back. There's continuity errors. Yeah, we're... we talked we talked about one in another episode. It was very similar where they reused they reused explosions. Um, or, yeah, the other time where like Obi Wan's talking and it's Anakin's voice, right? No, they Godzilla don't. will destroy us all. <laughs> they they never did that in in this series, but did it in plenty of other plenty of other ones uh, of our childhood. All right. Um, the last little piece of trivia and production stuff I have is uh, Goldie. Um, his color scheme is supposed to invoke the Pittsburgh Steelers color scheme because um, Dave Filoni is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, or at least was at the time of this production. People from fans from Pittsburgh back me up on this, but I don't think it's one of those things where you just stop being being a Steelers fan. It's just you're, you're, you're in it for life. Um, there, there's really no fair weather Steelers fans. If if Filoni's from Pittsburgh, which yeah he is. he is. Oh, then yeah, he. There's no way in hell that he's not a, a diehard. Maybe maybe not. Well, he can be a diehard, but still not be like super uh, rabid about it. But he's still. There's no way in hell that he's deciding that like. Oh, I like the Bears now. No. <laughs> he, fair enough. He'd be run out of town. <laughs> And then the the last the rest of the notes on on the document are about the Clone Wars decoded, um, but I think we've we've talked a lot today um, tonight already, and we should probably just uh, um, do the rest of our stuff. Is there anything about the production that you want to talk about? No, I like the um, I like the the kind of the falling uh, at the end. That uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was really gorgeous. And they do they they do that again and again. Um, they have like a ship or or something falling into an atmosphere, um, and it's something that hadn't been done previously in Star Wars to, at this point, really, um, minus like the invisible hand again coming mm-hmm. down to the atmosphere. But I think it's so effective when they do it here, and they do foresho- they do foreshadow. It falling when they're jumping down, they're falling through the atmosphere toward the ship itself or toward Skytop Station itself. So I think it's it's really effective. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Any anything else about production you want to talk about? Um, production, no. I mean, I could talk about the story forever, but like you said it's it's already late where you are. Uh, it's getting late where I am. Um, so I don't know. So why don't we get to the uh, ranking then? Yep. All right. Soon. All right. So this is the time in our uh, show where we rank an episode. Now our ranking system is a little bit different. We rank an episode based upon a Star Wars character. So a great episode would be an original trilogy character such as Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie, Vader. Uh, etc. And a really bad one would probably be, hmm, I don't know. I I keep on trying to find new um, crappy characters. Um, how about that? How about that one-armed guy that Andor shoots in the alleyway on the Ring of Kafreen? Yeah, we could we could go with um, him or the little girl that Jin rescues who ends up dying anyways. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll go with that guy. I can't think of his name. Every episode probably lands somewhere in between uh, there. So, uh, Matt, what did uh, what do you think of this episode? What did what ranking do you give this? I'm going to go with Gorgia, um, Gorgia the Hut. God, you and you and your love for huts. Yeah, yeah, I do love huts. Yeah, I'm not one so, to kink shame, but weird. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> Um, so he was, he was a member of the Hut Council. He's the one with the, uh, weird monocle. Oh, right. Um, I really like the Hut Council a lot. Uh, he, I think I pick him because he's part of something bigger that I think is very cool, but he himself doesn't do much. Um, so I'm not complaining about the existence of the episode. I'm not complaining about the existence of Gorgia. They're part of a bigger thing. It's fine. It's good. Okay. Well, I get, Do you have one? Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't used this guy before. He probably has a name because everybody in Star Wars has a name. But it's the it's the um, <clears throat> rebel soldier that Han Solo yells at when um, he can't they can't find Luke. Is it deck officer? Well, no. He yells for the deck officer. Like he th- this this guy tells that uh, Luke hasn't. Uh, no, no, I guess it would be the deck officer uh, that he yells at. That's not his name. That's his station. Um, yeah, uh, that guy, he's just, he's there. He helps move the plot along, but it's kind of forgettable. Like, you don't think about that guy for the rest of the movie. You assume that he got out, or maybe he didn't. I don't know. You don't really care. <laughs> Nobody cares. So he is named in the novelization in a Choose Your Own Adventure book about Empire Strikes Back. And his name is um, Tamizander Ray. Tamizander Ray. Well, Tamizander Ray, fuck you. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought wow. you said that. That's a mouthful. Um, no, but it's just. Um, yeah, he's just he's one of those side characters that just um, he's there for an important part and then then moves on. If, if he was an imperial officer, he probably would have gotten choked and killed um, by Vader, and then then we move on. Um, but he just gets yelled at a little bit by Han Solo, and then never never to be seen again. Cool. All right. So uh, you got anything else to say before we uh, uh, shut things down for the uh, the night? You would like to shut down for the night, but we have one last task to do. Oh, shit, yes. We let the fate decide, huh? I just happen to have a chance to be here. <laughs> All right. So at the end of every episode, as we do, um, I roll a d20, a 20-sided die from a D&D game. I record the roll, and when we post the episode, I post the, the video of the roll on our Twitter account. If I roll a one on this D20, the next episode we review is an Ewoks episode from the 1985-86 series Ewoks. If I roll any other number, the next episode we review is the next episode for the in-universe chronological order of of Clone Wars, which in this case is Bombad Jedi. Oh, yes. Okay. All right, let's do it. So we're going to win either way. <laughs> <laughs>
right. I'm recording, and here comes the die roll. It is a 17. Okay. So Bombad Jedi it is. Okay. This one's actually not that bad. I, wa- I watched it all the way through. Like, it, I have a tough time like stopping with, uh, with these. Um, and this one isn't uh, nearly as bad. You know, I like my bad Jedi. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Judge R. Judge R. Isn't um, isn't terrible. Oops, I, spoiler. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, we probably shouldn't just start reviewing it right now. Maybe <laughs> I, maybe I'm lying. Maybe I hate it. Maybe <laughs> it sucks. Maybe I think this one sucks. Maybe I'm gonna give it a Tamazander. No, you can't use him. <laughs> you already picked him. No, you can. <laughs> I'll give. I'll I'll use the. I'll give him the. Uh, the um, Tauntaun vet from a certain point of view storyline. <laughs> All right. Do you want to play the outro or do the outro? Okay. Yeah. Well, before that, uh, I just want to thank, uh, thank you all uh, for listening. We don't, uh, we try to get these out, but it's just, we're two uh, quote unquote professionals. But, uh, so we're, we're really busy with just our jobs and with life. So it's hard to get these uh, done um just time to me because we are in different parts of the country um but thank you for listening um spread the word to a friend um that there's a couple of guys who like to review star wars and just crack uh jokes that uh, would probably make a 13 year old uh, roll their eyes um and if you think we suck well i don't know what to say about that um recommend us to somebody you really hate but um, be sure to uh, give us um, five stars in whatever podcast aggregator that you use and um, we will be back next time with um, another episode of uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, Please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Alrighty. Okay, I am stopping recording.